Chief Justice. Mr. Chief Justice, and may it please the court. Our opinion next turns to the problem of what the judicial role should be. You're making me realize that it's the lawyers making the ads, it's the lawyers complaining about the ads, and it's the lawyers making the rules about what ads are okay and not okay. Correct. This is Life of the Law. I'm Nancy Malone. Let's say you have a problem, maybe a car accident, or you want to file a lawsuit, or you want to get a divorce, or maybe you want to stay married and you need an attorney. How do you find a good one? Well, Sean Cole at Life of the Law took a look at attorneys who just want you to call now. Here's Sean. I don't know about you, but I've always been so impressed by lawyer commercials on TV. And by impressed, I mean totally confused. Mostly I'm talking about the homegrown ones that look like they were made by a high school AV class. I'm always just like, who told you that disaster footage or wooden readings from cue cards or your cousin wearing a judge's robe would be a great way to represent your law practice? And that's, frankly, all I plan to do for this episode was point and laugh like a jerk, and it was going to be pretty simple. But then somewhere along the way, I stumbled behind the curtain into the engine room of lawyer advertising regulation and learned about the silent era before these ads were even allowed and the big bang after which they couldn't be contained and the subtle, possibly endless civil war in Lawyer Nation over how, and even whether, attorneys should advertise their services. And I'll get to all of that in a minute. But first, (laughs) I do. I just want to play you some of my favorites. If you've been in an auto accident, here are a few important tips. So these are the kinds of commercials you see at 3 in the morning on basic cable when everything is going wrong in your life. Most of them are of the personal injury variety. Guys, usually guys, who promise to battle the heartless tightwad insurance companies on your behalf. You've got your sort of central casting lawyer in front of a bookshelf for whom every syllable and hand gesture is a hurdle. We understand the serious effects that an auto accident can have on your life. But then you have your performers. Size matters. The bigger your check, the better. I'm Lowell, the Hammer Stanley. I love Lowell, the Hammer Stanley. (laughs) There, There are images of airborne cars engulfed in flames playing behind him right now. I don't stop hammering until the size of your check satisfies you. Call me and let's talk about size. Lowell, the Hammer Stanley. There's actually more than one hammer in this tool bench. I'm Jim Adler, the Texas Hammer. I avenge injustice for the injured, the mistreated, and the ignored. There's even more than one hammer named Jim. I'm Jim the Hammer Shapiro. I swear to God I thought this one was a joke. I cannot rip out the hearts of those who hurt you. I cannot hand you their severed heads. But I can hunt them down and settle the score. So those are the Crusaders. I mean, it's still all about money, but, uh, you know, they have a Captain America protector quality about them. In a few of these things, it's just pure, unfettered crassness. I was in pain, and I called Spencer and Associates, and he changed my pain to rain. At which point, money falls all over her body. 
usually only happens in the strip club. The pain to rain alchemical process is fundamental to lawyer television. Your injury is a commodity. And apparently, cashing in is a frickin' cinch. Call me. It's just that easy. Call me. Call me. It's, it's just, just that, that easy. easy. Call one eight seven seven c brad And, you know, look, I grant you these things are, they're almost majestically terrible, right? This is Bob Garfield, co-host of the NPR WNYC show On the Media. For 25 years, he was the ad critic for Advertising Age magazine. There is no attempt for subtlety. It is the hard sell. There have been a few of these lawyers over the years who have tried to be funny. You know, a lot of personal injury lawyers sometimes, um, in order to cast themselves in their own ads, will do some sort of, you know, uh, nominally comic scenario that they're a star of. How can you tell when a lawyer is lying? When his lips are moving. That is funny and lawyer jokes are great. But let's get serious. Uh, but basically, it's, you know, the key words are, call now. Call the rely on group now. Because, like, obviously the, the cynical view is, like, here are some sharp... Call the Goldwater Law Firm now. <laughs> if you or a loved one has had a Depew hip replacement, call the Goldwater Law Firm right now. You know, I have a certain grudging respect. Having looked over and over and over for 25 years at extremely artful executions of fairly obscure creative ideas, I am so delighted... <laughs> <laughs> to see somebody saying, I got something to sell. I think you should buy it. Call now. You it's know, honest. It's honest. Now, sometimes of dubious legality because the ads themselves frequently skirt uh, the legality of solicitation. Different jurisdictions have have different rules. This is what I was talking about in the beginning. Rules regarding what you can and can't say in an ad who can appear in your ad and what they're allowed to say about you. All of that is regulated to tighter or looser degrees by each individual state bar association and state Supreme Court. Because, as proven by history, lawyers will tout themselves exactly as loudly as they're allowed to. See, back in the 19th century, you'd see ads for attorneys on the front page of newspapers, alongside ads for doctors and saddle and harness manufacturers. Abraham Lincoln advertised in the paper. But in 1908, the American Bar Association put in new rules saying all instances of self-laudation, that's what they called it, self-laudation, defy the traditions and lower the tone of our high calling and are intolerable. Business cards were okay. That ban lasted about 70 years. And then in 1976, the law clinic of Bates and Osteen ran one little classified in the Arizona Republic saying, Do you you need need a lawyer? lawyer? Legal services at very reasonable fees. Divorce or legal separation. Bates and Osteen. In short, the Arizona bar got mad and suspended the two lawyers. For like a week, it wasn't much of a suspension. Bates and Osteen appealed all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. And in the now infamous Bates versus State Bar of Arizona, the court ruled that lawyers have the same freedom of speech as everybody else. Gavel, gavel, lawyers can advertise. Then all hell broke loose. That pretty much opened up the floodgates. This is Elizabeth Tarbert, the ethics counsel for the Florida Bar. She runs the department that regulates lawyer advertising there. There was kind of a wild, wild west situation where lawyers were advertising any way they wanted because there weren't regulations, where there had been just flat-out prohibitions. So Florida actually um, 
had a couple of different Blue Ribbon Commissions, and they adopted the first set of rules. And because bar leadership was very concerned about what they saw out there, what what statements lawyers were making in their advertisements to try to get clients. Florida has some of the strictest guidelines in the country for these ads. For instance, testimonials, if a lawyer writes the testimonial him or herself, that would be misleading. That's Mm -hmm. not the person's actual experience. If it's not the person's actual experience with a lawyer, they're not qualified to judge the lawyer, then those things would be misleading. Now, think of how many lawyer commercials you've seen that use testimonials. The insurance company kept asking me to hurry up and sign a release. I was thinking, what's the rush? Of course some of them are written by the attorneys or their advertising consultants. Oftentimes the actual client doesn't even appear in the ad. I'm Jason Smith. He is not Jason Smith. He's an actor performing a testimonial, which is also prohibited in Florida. Yeah, that would just be false and misleading. That actor doesn't have the ability to judge the lawyer. They never had that experience. Nor are you allowed in Florida to have actors playing authority figures, like cops and judges, saying how great the lawyer is. Nor are you allowed to have actual cops and judges saying how great the lawyer is. People inherently respond to authority figures, whether they're real or not. So we prohibit their use in advertisements. Does Robert Vaughn fall under that category? I wouldn't consider Robert Vaughn an authority figure. He's an actor. But he would fall within the prohibition in the same rule about using the voice or image of a celebrity. Tell the insurance companies you mean business. Again, kind of pervasive in other states. They go after your rights piece by piece by piece until justice has been served or they'll be in court. Elizabeth Tarbert says the rules are meant to protect the public, that people should pick a lawyer based on what she calls objective selection criteria rather than fancy pants promises and sound effects. If you break the rules, the penalties are not really that dramatic. The worst that might happen is that you'll get what's known as a public reprimand. The bar sends out a press release, so your reputation is kind of marred, but it's not like you're going to be disbarred. So that's Florida. There are a few other states that are strict. Iowa and Texas, weirdly, given that it's home to one of the hammers. I'm Jim Adler, the Texas hammer. When stingy insurance companies don't pay up, I get meaner than a junkyard dog. I don't growl or bark. I bite. Massachusetts and Connecticut are still pretty wild westy. And it's one thing when you're a lawyer practicing in a relatively strict state or a relatively loose state, you probably know what's expected of you. But if you're a national firm operating in a bunch of jurisdictions, you have to comply with multiple sets of rules. That's what Lucian Perra has to deal with. He's a lawyer with Adams and Reese in Memphis. And among other things, he advises nationwide firms on their advertising. And sometimes he'll be looking over the disclaimer rules, for example, and he'll be like, Okay, state A says you got to say this, but state B, if I say what state A says, state B is going to say, well, I can't say exactly that. So I got to weave it together somehow. It is a morass. Mm. It does what it's, I think, in my opinion, intended to do, which is it deters um, lawyer advertising to some significant extent. Now, Lucian's state, Tennessee, is pretty loose. In fact, it's been widely reported of late as the state where you'll see lawyer ads featuring space aliens, giant robots, and both dogs and cars that can talk. Guys, come here! Huh? All the cars in town are talking about you. Talking cars. They say you're the go-to guys for car wrecks. And even now, more than 35 years later, Lucian says there's a cohort of lawyers who will see an ad like that and say, Look what Bates versus State Bar of Arizona hath wrought! There are many lawyers today, many 
lawyers today who feel that much that was that is wrong with the profession today, if not all that is wrong with the profession today, dates from Bates. That lawyer advertising turned us from a, a profession into a business, and they just think it's undignified for lawyers to be on television pitching their services generally, much less talking to dogs or aliens. They just think that demeans the profession. And you don't have to look too far down the road in Tennessee to find one of those lawyers, namely Matt Hardin, a personal injury attorney in Nashville with his own practice. I'm sorry, I've got a big bunch on this. The first half of it's about the history of history of advertising. Last year, he and the Tennessee Association for Justice, which is a group of plaintiffs' lawyers, filed two petitions to the state Supreme Court asking them to change the advertising rules in Tennessee so that they essentially look more like the ones in Florida. There was a public comment period, some First Amendment advocates got involved, and ultimately, the court said no. But Matt Harden is going to keep trying, he says. And I asked him. And, and so do you think Bates was the sort of the beginning of the end, like the the Big Bang that created the downfall of the sort of stature of lawyers? I do. I mean, if you look in the, you know, in our history in the 50s and 60s, you had lawyers being seen as a, a proponents of justice. You know, you have things as far back as like uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. But those, uh, what I would call the halcyon days of p- positive public perception of attorneys seem to be long gone. What most people see, unfortunately, is this unsavory advertising, and they base their opinions on lawyers on that advertising. Um, but my, you know, my biggest concern about this is how it affects the jury pool and makes people think that you're just out for easy money. That is, if people start thinking plaintiffs and their attorneys are just out for easy money, they might get cynical about the process. And cynical people become cynical jurors, and no one gets a fair trial anymore. That's the calculus. And by the way, Matt's not opposed to advertising writ large. Um, I advertise myself. Though not on TV. No, I advertise in movie theaters. You advertise in movie theaters? I do. And online. His ads sound like this. What to do after an accident? Call Matt Hardin Law, your experienced personal injury law So, you know, very different tone. And visually, too. They're just images of gavels and ionic columns and Matt in this ad. Which makes you wonder if maybe there's not something more basic about his objections to the dog and robot commercials. Is it just that you think the ads aren't classy? No, I don't think it's up to me or anyone else to make a judgment over what what the class of an ad is. But do you think they're not classy? Um, I don't have an opinion on that one way or another. I mean, that's not really what I'm trying to... Really? Because I think all of us have an opinion on that one way or the other. (laughs) Even Lucian Perra thinks those ads could use some sprucing. I'm all in favor of great production values for lawyer TV ads. I am foursquare in favor of it. The question is whether you can mandate it by law. And in case this wasn't clear by now, he is decidedly not one of the lawyers who thinks Bates versus State Bar of Arizona besmirched lawyerdom. I start from the premise that, well, lawyer advertising is protected speech. It just is. So if it is, then what are you going to do? You're going to act like a grown-up, acknowledge, and particularly since you are lawyers, you're going to act like a grown-up, recognize the First Amendment means what it says, and that therefore lawyers can advertise. And move on. You're you're making me realize that it's the lawyers making the ads. It's the lawyers complaining about the ads. And it's the lawyers making the rules about what ads are okay and not okay. Correct. And not only that, not only that, 
I would challenge you to find a single, and probably somebody can find a single one, but a single complaint to a bar disciplinary group about a lawyer ad that comes from a client. They are as rare as hen's teeth. That's not where they come from. In other words, complaints to the authority, the regulatory authority that might lead to the lawyer being disciplined, that kind of real complaint, Mm. they don't come from clients. They don't come from members of the public. They just don't. They come from lawyers and they come from competitors almost exclusively. And at bottom, says Lucian Perra, this really is a competitive issue. Not to say there aren't lawyers who genuinely think all of the silly advertising is bad for the profession and bad for the public. He knows that's true. At the same time, the same thing holds true for lawyering as for every other product or service. Namely, if you use flames and shouting and cash registers in your commercials, those ads are probably going to work. They do work, yes. They do work for those that they appeal to. This is Lowell the Hammer Stanley. I am the hammer. They are the nails. Wow. That is, it's just, it's just like watching YouTube. I don't think I mentioned Lowell the Hammer Stanley practices in Norfolk, Virginia. He's been a lawyer for more than 30 years. And truthfully, I was a little nervous about asking him what the hell was up with his ads. But he answered the question before I even got to it. I mean, the ads are the ads are not uh, sophisticated. I'm glad that you know that. (laughs) (laughs) If I saw my ad, me personally, Mm -hmm. I would never call me. Really? Yes. The ads do not appeal to me. They are over the top, and some might even consider them tasteless. But, but uh, they are not designed to appeal to people like me who listen to NPR and watch uh, uh, PBS. They're, they're, they are uh, designed to appeal to people to, uh, who watch uh, shows like um, uh, Jerry Springer or, or things like that, who are good and fine and decent people, uh, and, uh, but they are used to... Uh, commercials, and uh, they want a lawyer who's going to fight for them, and uh, that's what those ads are, are designed to appeal to. It sounds a little like a class distinction. Well, the answer, it, it, uh, it may be considered a class distinction. Uh, if you are an educated person who's a PhD or a banker, or you, you don't need to get your lawyer from, a, from, a, from an ad. You have a friend. You know somebody. You, you have a family lawyer. You go to them. This this designed for hardworking, uh, blue-collar, uh, bus driver, the little league coach, uh, somebody who's, who's hurt and doesn't know where to turn, doesn't have a lawyer, and is afraid of lawyers and wants somebody who's going to fight for them. That, that's what, what they're designed to appeal to. But I have to say, I think his and all of the ads have started appealing to me in a different way, and not the holier-than-thou, hipster, ironic way like before. Maybe it's just a survival technique from having watched so, so many of them so many times over, but I think I actually genuinely like a lot of them now. Whatever the case, I've started rooting for the hammers of the world and wishing that I had their kind of stuff. Attention, accident victim, victim, victim. If someone, somewhere, owes you big, big money, it pays to hire a heavyweight, a heavyweight. I'm Lowell, the Hammer Stanley. Four, five, nine. If I called myself the hammer and screamed and had flaming blazing behind me, would that be okay there? Uh, I think there are aspects of that that are not objectively verifiable, which is required under our rules. Mm-hmm. That you hammer them. That's, that's a subjective term. That's not an objective term. Right. 
we, I can't prove that I hammer. I hammer. Hammer them. Hammer them. Hammer them. Hammer them. You don't want to see it done. You don't want to see it done. Hammer them. Hammer them. Hammer them. Hammer them. Because I am a hammer. They are the nails. I hammer them nearly every day. Every day. For Life of the Law, I'm Sean the Hammer Cole. You don't want to see it done. You don't want to see it done. Hammer them. Hammer them. Hammer them. Hammer them. Julia Barton edited this story. Caitlin Press worked with Sean to create the sound design with music by Matthew Darr, Kyle Kaplan, and Todd McDonald. Life of the Law is a nonprofit project of the Tide Center. We receive generous funding from the Open Society Foundations, the Law and Society Association, and the Proteus Fund. We're distributed by the Infinite Guest Network of Podcasts from American Public Media and by PRX, Public Radio Exchange. If you're new to Life of the Law or you're a regular, visit our website, lifeofthelaw.org. Thanks for listening. I'm Nancy Mullane. Hi, I'm Amy Choi. And I'm Rebecca Lair. And we are the Mashup Americans. The Mashup Americans. <laughs> uh, think of us as your guide to the hyphen America world we live in. Are you first generation Korean American married to a Colombian Mexican American and making beige babies? Us too. Or do you speak three languages and eat Salvador and pupusas at Shabbat? Is Spanglish your best language? That's me. <laughs> uh, Spanglish is definitely your best language. Yeah, it was kind of a problem in graduate school. <laughs> eh, don't worry about it. We're, we're done with that. So we've got a new show here on the awesome Infinite Guest Network. You can go search for Mashup Americans in your favorite podcast app and check it out. We've got a great story about the mashup life of Donald Trump. Oh, and I just went to Margaret Cho's house to Netflix and chill. Kind of. <laughs> oh, my God. Vamos. Let's do this.